Andrew Faust here, permaculture perspective. Today, I'm going to get into a little more of what does this new economy look like. What does it taste like? What does it feel like? What is it that we're looking for from this new system that we're building? And what it is, is it's a new economy. of landscape. As a result of this extraction, exploitation, contamination modality, we are rapidly declining in our health. In this country, uh, federal government did a study, the White House Cancer Report estimates that 90% of is caused by environmental contamination. And let me simplify that for you. What that means is that chronic and constant disregard for the health of the American people is the name of the game when we talk about 
business sector, the private sector, and what it is that our government politicians have been colluding with private corporations to allow to continue on their watch as our representatives. They are in the back pocket. They are in bed with dirty industries to such an extent that it makes me sick. And we as a population are being made sick, deathly ill, in fact. The estimates are that one in two men are likely to contract a carcinoma in their lifetime, and one in three women. And this, again, is coming from the White House Cancer Report, which was a 30-year study. Now, I think when we really let ourselves sit with that information, we begin to understand that we do not need to waste one more dime on cancer research. We know what causes cancer. It is the chronic, constant disregard for human health that is endorsed as a fact of doing business. And that is simply wrong, immoral, unethical, and an egregious act of violence upon our collective humanity. That this ignorant modality of contamination, exploitation, and utter disregard for each other is a necessary thing in order to feed ourselves, in order to clothe ourselves. This simply is untenable, unacceptable, and at a more simplistic level, just unnecessary. And so as we begin to gain some perspective on what is the true cause, of the militarized, industrialized, chemicalized, nuclearized nightmare that we right now consider to be just doing business on a daily basis. This must be utterly transformed, shut down, and turned into something that is truly positive, healthy, restorative. And as we reclaim our health, reclaim our wealth, and invest our efforts, our intelligence, and our equity into building what it is that our real health and wealth comes from, which is good air to breathe first and foremost. For instance, we'll see that 40,000 people a year are dying right now, according to studies done by the government in the UK as a result of air pollution. Another study to bring this home, these true costs. 4,000 people a year die in the northeastern United States, according, again, to a 20-year study, two-decade long study before they released these results. And the National Institute of Health estimates we're talking about 4,000 Americans die every year as a result of air pollution. And that air pollution is directly a result of apathy in our regulatory agencies because the EPA does such a poor job of enforcing the Clean Air Act 
that 4,000 people a year are dying in this country because of it. And what I mean is that simply put, again, if you look at the numbers on this, you'll see that if we enforce the Clean Air Act, none of these people would die. Who is it that's violating the Clean Air Act and killing Americans? It is private industry. It is paper mills. It is dry cleaners. It is manufacturers of all sorts in this country who are allowed to do things in a manner that is simply unethical, unnecessary, and a hazard to human health. And so retrofitting is an essential part of how it is that we invest in our true integrity and begin to really create our future, a future that celebrates the integrity, the dignity of human beings. The age of the machine is ending, and the age of biological beauty is beginning. And as we celebrate and really hold up the power of nature as our foundation to our economy, we will be much better human beings to each other, and we will be leaving an inheritance to future generations that they will truly be thankful for. When we leave an inheritance of nuclear waste dumps that have not been done even properly, whatever that means, to properly dispose of nuclear waste, because the technicality of that is that nobody has a scientific definition of what would be a safe way to dispose of a hazardous material that will be hazardous, toxic to all life for, get this, 10,000 years. How any person can fathom the notion that nuclear is even worth uttering as a consideration is uh, completely astounding to me. And I think that we all need to just sit back for a second and say, do we really think that toxifying the planet for 10,000 years is a reasonable cost for having the lights on at night and staying warm in the wintertime and all the other creature comforts that are accrued from this hazardous fallout to run our power plants? Here's the thing you'll find. None of these nuclear power plants have ever made a profit Every single one of them is in the hole, still in the hole. Even though they were built, in many cases, 20 and 30 years ago, they still never paid back what it cost to build those monstrosities. And what Americans seem to have forgotten was that the reason we built nuclear power plants in the United States is to make fissionable materials for nuclear bombs during the Cold War. And it constantly amazes me how people in this country have such a short memory. 
Lots of people were writing in the 70s about the fact that what nuclear power plants are is a necessary link in the chain of manufacturing nuclear bombs. They play no other practical role. They are completely, utterly useless when it comes to being a profitable, intelligent, ecologically appropriate way to produce power and electricity. The nukes, forget about them, flush them down the toilet, and then let's figure out how to clean up the water that they were in, because the reality is they're just 100% utterly bad news. So please move on if you for a second stumbled on that block. And let me also say that we need power and energy and electricity that comes from decentralized, renewable, locally available fuel stocks. And we need to shorten the distance of transportation of all goods and services. And as we shorten the distance of transportation of all goods and services, we inherently raise quality. And we inherently, as a result of that approach to shortening the distance of transportation, decrease this obsession and unhealthy focus on quantity. Quantity should always come second to quality. We need high quality, high quality food, high quality products, high quality services that truly last and are here for the long run. Not these flim flam, short schemes, money making endeavors that do nothing for giving us a reliable, high quality of life for many generations to come. That will only be accrued as a yield by creating an infrastructure, creating an economy that is truly by the people, for the people, and adapted to the places where we live. Now this retrofitting of the infrastructure to be more regionally self-reliant in ways that are ecologically intelligent, socially responsible, and prosperous is the foundation to a book and a project that I've been working on for five years that I call bioregional economy, which is my visioning exercise for teaching to my students how it is that we extract ourselves from what right now is a hyper-extended, global, centralized, long-distance transportation, import-export fossil fuel nuclear-powered petrochemical economy. See, it takes a lot more words to describe that economy we just typically aren't in the habit of describing what it is we are completely dependent upon because I believe we are in our inner hearts chagrined by this monstrosity that we support by the fact that we participate in this economy. And the less we participate in the fossil fuel extractive exploitative economy and the more we participate in the economy that we want to see, in 
buying things and, and creating things from local materials that can just biodegrade back into the soil. The more we do this, the more we make products out of plants, the more we create fuel out of just the natural energy of decay. We can be heating our houses with compost piles and biodigesters, and we can be providing all of our domestic hot water. Let me tell you, in fact, I just took a 15-minute hot shower that was entirely heated by methane, which came from what in effect is my septic tank. And so I got to take a hot shower, wash my hands, and boil my water for my coffee this morning, all off of methane that would have been a missed yield in the present infrastructure because we're so fixated on trucking in, piping in, and pumping in fossil fuel materials like propane and fuel oil to these residential dwellings throughout the country of the United States that nobody in the United States has considered that maybe, just maybe, the way in which 20,000 homes right now in China receive all of their power, as well as all of their domestic hot water and cooking fuel, is in fact from what in the United States we call a septic tank. These particular versions of a septic tank are actually an engineered biogas anaerobic digester, and they work beautifully, simply, and seamlessly to provide the most essential creature comforts for quality of life, and those are hot water on tap, gas for cooking, and lighting at night. And we can be running a generator, in fact, Con Edison bought a generator from Germany for almost $5 million, and they hooked up to it a pipe from the Freshfields landfill that was just releasing methane into the atmosphere, which is about 10 times worse in terms of the greenhouse effect. And they took that methane, instead of just releasing it or just burning it, they sent it to a $5 million generator that they bought from Germany. And in three years, that generator had entirely paid for itself because it's producing enough power to power 2,000 homes in Staten Island. And now, every minute of electricity that Con Edison sells from that generator to those 2,000 homes is a profit. And they are in the profit-making business now, selling electricity to Americans that is being generated by the methane from their own trash. Let me again reiterate, no nuclear power plant. No nuclear power plant in the entire country has ever made a profit, ever. They're all subsidized. They're all on the dole. They're all standing there waiting for a handout from the U.S. taxpayers because we should apparently help keep alive this toxic, bad idea that is a relic from the nuclear weapons complex of the Cold War. They need to be decommissioned. We need to be shut down, and we need to decentralize power and get off of our addiction to coal, oil, nukes, and gasoline, and get on to the free ride that's available as we tune in and tap into the abundant power and energy that is constantly available by the nature of the planet itself, the winds that move, the waters that rise and fall with the tides the sun that rises and sets. These are all powerful, 
powerful energy sources that we are barely tapping into. And we need to turn the attention of all of our engineers who are in engineering school and all of our architects and designers and all of the people who design energy systems and infrastructure through their educational experience need to have their attention focused utterly and completely on green infrastructure, green retrofit, ecological engineering, and ultimately creating a new infrastructure and a new economy that is far more self-reliant locally. And as we retrofit this infrastructure to have this truly local character, we will begin to find our way home. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or any interest in collaborating with me on these projects to create a regional plan, please contact me.